Good morning, church. Welcome to Stony Brook. What a joy it is to be in worship with you today. I'm Pastor Jennifer, and I bring you greetings on behalf of today's preacher, Pastor Mary Jo. We are just delighted that you are all here in whatever ways that you are here joining us for worship today. A few announcements as we begin our time together. Uh, If you've been discerning a call to leadership with Stony Brook Church, uh, know that leadership board applications are due today. So if that's something you've been uh, thinking about over this past week and you've got your application in in hand, today is the day to get that in uh, and turned into the church office. Also due today are your Kairos cookies. So for all of you bakers out there that have been making the chocolate chip cookies for this prison ministry, know that those need to be at the church today so that we can get those uh, for this ministry that's coming up. Your mission opportunity for this week, and actually through the entire month of October, uh, is to bring in new socks and new underwear that will go to the Star House The Star House is a drop-in center for youth who are experiencing homelessness. So we are um, joining together with with our partners at GRIN to help uh, provide this for our um, youth of our community so that they can be uh, clean and dry and have these new pieces of clothing in their wardrobe. Also yesterday, if you were uh, here anywhere near the church, you may have noticed some cars in the parking lot. Uh, Our children's ministry had our pumpkin patch parable happening out front. You can still see the pumpkins set up out there. There were 145 individuals that were served yesterday. Yes, let's celebrate this. Uh, children and their families came at uh, de- designated times throughout the day and got to hear a parable about the pumpkin patch and pick up a pumpkin and take it home and celebrate uh, fall and Jesus in their life in those ways. Uh, but I think one of the things I'm most excited to share with you all is that half of these families that came yesterday were Stony Brookers, and the other half of the families were our families that are a part of our preschool here at Stony Brook. And so it's just another reminder of the ways that this partnership of outreach into our community continues to work really well because we have Jesus involved in it and all of you involved as well. So just wanted to celebrate that with you all today. And at this time, I would invite you to quiet your hearts and to quiet your minds as the prelude prepares us for worship. Thank you. 
Will you join me in a spirit of prayer as we continue to settle and center our hearts on worship today? Beloved God, we gather in the shelter of your love, grateful for the banquet of worship you have prepared for us. Focus our hearts and our minds on the beauty of this time, the blessings of our lives, and the fullness of your message. Strengthen our call to fulfill our role as your partners in ministry to the world. Amen. This is your special moment. So thank you for bringing your parents and your big sister. And we're going to wave hi to grandparents. Wave hi, folks. There you go. There is a question I'm going to ask you, so you be ready for it, all right? We are so grateful for this holy moment. AJ, this is the first baptism. Since COVID set in, you are a special boy. And you're special too. Wait, wait till you see what Maddie does. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. Ron, as our leader of the laity, will you present? Well, I present Albert Jeffrey Zithlethwaite for baptism to all presenting themselves. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you. And I'm going to do those. Are you ready? You ready? Thank you, Ron. You may be seated. <laughs> you get one line, sorry. Now, friends, on behalf of this whole church, I ask you 
do you renounce the forces of spiritual wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, answer, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever form they present themselves? If so, answer, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with Christ, in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, answer, I do. And now, beloved parents, will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church? that by your teaching and example, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, profess his faith openly, and lead a Christian life. If so, answer, we will. Family, chosen and given, do you as Christ's body... I'm sorry, will you love and support this child and encourage him in his Christian life? If so, answer, we will. And now to the congregation. Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, answer, we do. do. Will you nurture one another in Christian faith? And include this little one, now before you, in your care. If so, answer, we will. Maddie, you ready? Come around and step up on the platform. Are you ready? Thank you for pouring the water, which reminds us that water has been with us. You grab the bottom. There you go. The outward and visible sign of the inward and spiritual grace, signifying unto all our unity with Christ. Oh, amen. Excellent. Because of the way in which we need to continue to be saved, what name shall be given this child? Ready? Albert, Jeffrey, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. As you are able to extend your hand forward as we bless AJ. The Holy Spirit work with you, that being born through the water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now it is our joy to welcome our new brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus, and with joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you, AJ, as a member of the family of Christ. 
Members of the household of God, I commend AJ to your love and care. Do all on your power to increase his faith, confirm his hope, and perfect him in love. Will you respond? With God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ that AJ, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened here at Stony Brook Church in the way that leads to life eternal. Hold us to the eternal glory in Christ. Establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. 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 Friends, will you join me as we celebrate and welcome AJ into the family of Christ? celebratory and thankful hearts, let's enter into a time of prayer to our Lord. You whisper to us, O God. You beckon us, and your voice asks us to follow you. Do we hear you? Are you in the wind, or the birds, or the voices? Where are you, O God? How can we distinguish between you and the noise which fills our heads and our hearts? Help us, because we need you. Our world needs you. We know we cannot do this on our own. Our hearts ache, O God, for the state of our country as divisiveness continues to drive a wedge between our neighbors. Our hearts ache for our loved ones who are sick. Our hearts ache for those who need safety and protection from wildfires and hurricanes. Our hearts ache for those who live in fear, live in poverty, and who live lives consumed by addiction. The depth of healing we need is beyond comprehension. And it seems as if everyone is yelling, trying to be the loudest in the room, silencing others and blocking your voice from our ears. Help us to focus on you, O God. Center our spirits so deeply in your love that all we hear is your voice. Settle our hearts and our minds, and may it be in these anxious times that we are able to make decisions that impact the world, our community, our church, and our family in profound and life-giving ways. May we be the church And may we hear your grace-filled voice all around us as we join our voices together, praying the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare to read our scripture that you'll find in Matthew in the 22nd chapter, beginning with the first verse, I want to remind you that the faith that we gather to encourage each other with is not always an easy one or beautiful and hopeful, but there are some edges to it that Jesus calls us to engage. The 
past several scripture readings that we've been using have not necessarily been easy and gentle and kind. Some of them have been hard to hear and unsettling in the pointedness. And yet in the midst of this, if we come to it fully with our hearts, God would choose to reveal God's self to you as he did through Jesus. Hear these words that we may be encouraged. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be uh, compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent out other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fatted calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see his guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servant, speak to these, your beloved ones, who gather here to do the work of working with you. In the name of Jesus, amen. If there were scripture passages, I would avoid, this would be one. Yay. And I confess to you that my learnedness is limited. But I know how to Google. How do you? And I lean on the astute wisdom of those who have spent time struggling with scriptures I'd rather run away from. And there, in one of those pieces from a person 
far wiser than me was this comment. The metaphor, in other words, a story told to point you in a direction that may not be literal, but it's meant to be a guide for you. A metaphor is made possible because of the significance of clothing in the ancient world in which one's clothing exhibited one's character. In other words, when my dad looked at me, when I had the prettiest dress on I had ever seen in my entire life, and he said, pretty is as pretty does, he was quoting scripture. But this was written in an era where what you wore implied who you were and therefore how much respect, honor, and attention should be gifted to you. This was also an era where what you did and how you earned your living and how you expressed yourself as a creation of God was governed by what family you were born into. There was no accident that Jesus learned carpentry from his father. And that's who he was supposed to be. And one of the earliest things that the Christians of the first century of our faith really pushed was, yes, you are born into a family. Yes, you have work that comes with that. But you belong to God first, last, and always. And the gifts that are given you in your baptism, we talked about it just a few seconds ago, that you might be fully the child of God that God created may be different than what you were born into. The guilds do not own you. You are created for the goodness of God. So the idea that what you wore emphasized your character is a bit of a stretch for us, but it was a mandate in those days. Let's, let's think about that, because I can get my hands on that one. I can make this one rattle. That, what do you think of my garb? Pretty cool, isn't it? You know, I've had people come up and go, I've never seen a pastor look like you before, and I'm going, thank you. On the night in which I was ordained, in which I was given the full, takes all authority to preach the good news. And this stole was placed about my shoulders. It was placed on as a yoke. And it was pulled down on because the burden of the yoke was something to be remembered. I had worked long and hard for this yoke, and I wanted it very badly, because, you know what, it looks good. And it gets respect. Well, maybe not so much. But, you know what, it isn't me. It's a gift to remind me who I belong to. But you know what? It comes off. And I'm still me. And then you see this thing. It's actually called a chasuble, but you don't have to worry about that. It was white, and it was 
prescribed because on the night of the ordination, the bishop pronounced that you will all wear white. And I went, I don't want to wear white because it makes me stick out too much. And, and I really know that human skin is important to offer the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I don't want to stick out that much. But you know what? You're the boss. We'll accommodate. And so I use this. But friends, you know what? This comes off. And if I had it, because I lost it in the fire, you would see a black robe. This is as close as you're going to get now. On the first moment where folk acknowledged that I might have a gift or two to help the people of God be focused on God, listen to God, surrender at the foot of the cross of Jesus, encourage the gifts of the people to grow and be strengthened. On that night, my name was called and I stepped out into the aisle of the church we were in. My mother stepped beside me and for the first time I put on a robe of humility. And the reason why it was black is significant. Because you see, a part of my joy of life was to be in a theater department and to enjoy the gift of building sets and helping tell a story where people could travel through time or travel through space and go and visit a place that they had not been before. But the thing we did real quickly was acknowledge that, you know what, there are some support structures that have to be visible, but we don't want you to pay attention to that. And that's what I saw when I put on the robe in order for words to be shared and hands to be shaped and feet to be traveled you need a human being and God has chosen each and every one of us to be one of his human beings to travel into the world so that the message of his faithfulness would be seen through you, your character, your nature, your consistency of who God made you to be coming out to the outside and sharing everything, but not because of you, but because of thee. You are necessary, but you are not the point. Matthew is a passionate gospel filled with points and darts and very clear communications. And Matthew is very clear on this. Our job, skin on, whatever you want to say, is to point and learn and struggle with the will of God so that we might bear the fruits of God. So you see, it doesn't matter where I wear a black robe with a white chasuble and a stole, yoke of responsibility. 
Because you know what really matters is my character. That it is not about you and not about me, but we point to Jesus, the one who gave everything for us. This is, this is not something that is absent in our culture. It's very real. I remember rolling in and walking up to the front and, and there in the midst of the front of the folk who had come for confirmation experience was one of the little renegades, because there's always at least one, who wore his shorts Sunday morning. And I looked at him and Josh, remember that look that I gave you earlier this morning? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he just smiled. He knew what he was doing. You see, he was dressed in a way that I found unacceptable. And it, to me, cued me of his character. But I had missed it. You see, there is an authenticness of him being in shorts. And he said to me afterwards, I wanted to be me in front of God. I didn't want to offer a pretense, so I'm not wearing a tie. Okay. You always be authentic. Be true to who you're pointing to. Let that be your character child of God. But this issue has been around for a long time. Years ago, a young woman came into my presence. We served on staff at a church, and every Sunday morning, that woman dressed to the nines. If I'd let her wear a hat in church, she would have worn a hat. And I said, why do you dress so much? And she goes, well, Mary Jo, in my faith history, the only time the owners would leave us alone was on Sunday morning. The only time the slaves had any sense of freedom and choice and ability was on Sunday morning, where they could go to church and sing till they were done singing and pray until they were done praying and praise until they were done praising. And they put on their absolute best because that's what they wanted to show God. Authentic inside and outside. What we say with our mouth, where we go with our eyes, where our feet take us are the outward truth of what our character is. is. Are we willing to go even to the hard edges of our faith and bring ourselves fully there because God may need us there? Here's one of the truths about all of this. Just as soon as you think you've got your inside and your outside matched up, Something comes along and tests it. As my dear sister, who explained to me that in her culture you dress your best for God, confessed that that had gotten so out of control that it became a competition on 
who was better than best. And the focus began to shift to the what and not the why. Does your inside match your outside? Does your outside match your inside? Do you go where you go so that you might be the outward and visible sign that you are pointing to God and bearing fruit worthy of the one who made you? And so... Here is the truth. There is going to be a day where somebody is going to ask us, what do you believe? Why do you dress the way you dress? Are you in a wedding robe at the occasion of a wedding? Because what they really want to know is who is Lord of your life. And may you not be silent. Amen. We have pledged ourselves to knowing that the future is right here and right now. And the way in which we will encourage AJ, the way in which we will encourage each one of us, is the outward and visible sign of what we're wearing on the inside. We give thanks for 145 folk who gathered yesterday, coming back to the flock and making sure that this is a holy day. Here's the good news. COVID cannot bind us. We are empowered to be fully alive here and now. And in the midst and the encouragement of Stony Brook, we shall be faithful for the gifts that you leave as you exit, for the way in which you love as you work, for this is the day of the Lord. And we are grateful that we might love mercy, do justice, and walk humbly with our God. Go forth and know that God goes with you. Amen. God be with you till we meet.